you solve that problem when you get there, and then you decide whether that tool makes sense for you to for the problem you have to solve. Right now, it's just creating something for yourself to show yourself that you can do it. And the best way to do this, pick up your phone. Like you, you pick up the phone. Your it has great audio capture. Any phone, great audio capture, amazing video these days. You can make anything, and it'll look beautiful just right off the bat. Some audio, whatever it happens to be. You just you just need to make something. It's all about those little tiny steps. What is the very first thing you can do? First thing I do is I can pick this phone up. And the next thing I can do is unlock the phone. And the third thing I can do is open the audio recorder. Those are all the little tiny steps that get you to the place that you want to be. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today we get to speak with Jeff Bull. He's the founder and co-host of The Kessel Chat, a weekly live stream centered on Star Wars. He's a content creator, baker, woodworker, and developer advocacy manager for Cisco Developer Relations. He spends his free time creating TikToks about what else, Star Wars, and playing Pokemon Go and Breath of the Wild with his six-year-old. He and his wife love to geek out on food, drink, and adventures across the Bay Area. I'm so excited to talk with our good friend Jeff Bull. Let's jump right in to the podcast. Jeff, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, man. When I saw that you were wearing a Star Wars shirt back at Social Media Marketing World, I was like, okay, we're we've got connections. And then 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 you showed off these badass tattoos on your on your arms. I'm like, holy smokes, you're definitely a step ahead. I am. Um... I am a little obsessed, I guess you'd say, with Star Wars. I, I'm wearing my Dadalorian shirt today. I have three Star Wars tattoos. I guess you can count some of us more than that. But yeah, I do. It's it's kind of my thing. And if anyone can see the video in my shed here, it's basically my little shrine to Star Wars behind me. Nice. I love that. <laughs> I totally love that. You know, um, I was uh, just talking to my wife earlier. I was like, you know, I want to put these shelves up in the basement so then the kids can show off their Lego sets. We have uh we have the the Kylo Ren ship, the Lego ship. My mm -hmm. my son built it, and then I also have two Tie Fighters. So oh, my younger awesome. son, seven year old, he was six when he he built his 
He's like, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm like, all right, go for it. So I've got one more that I wanted to like do a live stream as I'm building it. I just never got around to it because I'm like, oh, I need a over the head camera shot. I need side camera shot. <laughs> and you know, I just like yeah. it's just the the whole set is still sitting up there. <laughs> I, uh, I one day I'll, I'll put it together. I have the um, I do have Kylo Ren's ship back there. It's up on the shelf up there someplace. There. You can't okay. really see it, but it's right there. Yeah. Um, I don't have a Tie Fighter though, but I do have. Boba Fett's ship. It's behind my desk. Oh. My chair is big, so you can't see it. But I have, I think they're calling it the Fire Spray now. Whatever the, the name is, the, the new name for it is. The new. So I have, oh, okay. I have that back here someplace. It's kind I of buried in the, the darker colors. But yeah, there's all kinds of Legos from Star Wars back here, and I have a few stolen boxes I haven't built because I have no place to put them. I've tried to convince my wife to let me um, to buy the the actual Star Destroyer, which is mm -hmm. like. 10,000 pieces or something and like I'm like I could hang it from the ceiling and hang she just shakes her ceiling. head and she's like I don't I'm not don't talking to so. you anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we could, we could talk about Lego and and Star Wars for a long time but I, yes I could I could do an entire show just on those two things easily <laughs> don't you already have a show that you do <laughs> I, I do shameless so, plug every Thursday night my buddy Ryan and I go live on YouTube Okay. Uh, a show called The Kessel Chat, and we talk about Star Wars from the perspective of storytelling. So okay. it's it's a lot of fun. It's not the type of show where you go to learn, here's the latest hot takes from an episode. We do yeah. episode breakdowns and things like that. But sure. the whole focus is on how are these, how is this various content, books, audio, movies, telling stories? How is it conveying stories that actually connect to us as people? That's nice. It's a lot of fun for the two of us. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to check it out because that's, that's something that I am a huge fan of, not as not as high level as yourself, but you know I got a little bit of um, Star Wars constructible figures um, that they've discontinued. I've got some of those hanging out back there. That's cool. That's very cool. All right, so Jeff Bolt, I know my audience hasn't met you before, so why don't we walk down where you come from, how you started, and a little bit of intro on who you are. Absolutely. So Jeff Bull, um, I've been doing content creation for a number of years now. Actually, what got me really started, I'll give you some other background too, but what got me really mm -hmm. started doing content just in general and being okay with it um, was funny enough, uh, Luria Petrucci and the live streaming pros, they do that, that Lita program live every day in April. And yeah. the first time I got to participate was like right around the time the pandemic was starting. So April, 2020. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I came across it, randomly came across it on Facebook someplace and I participated. And at that time I was trying to do, I, I was in a role, I worked for Cisco. Um, I was in sales and I was in a technical role trying to find a way to better connect with audiences when we go to events and things like this. And I wanted, I wanted to do more content creation, but I was really nervous about being on camera. I wanted to talk, but I just, I just, everything was, I felt like a blocker. And so I went through her program for 30 days and what it really helped me feel is just more comfortable looking at a lens and, being okay with saying the things that are in the spaghetti mess that is a brain of mine. That's um, right. And it helped a lot. But aside from that, I, I've been, most of my career I spent in network engineering. So, mm -hmm. you know, working for Cisco, not primarily, but doing network architecture, things like that, and being in various roles in technology. Um, I currently work still for Cisco. I'm in a group called developer relations. And our whole thing is to be the advocates to software developer communities mm -hmm. outside Cisco for how, we can help them use our platforms to yeah. improve what they do every day. And it's all content creation. Everyone who works for me on my team are creators. They write blogs, they write code samples, they do videos, you name it. And nice. so getting to do more of that 
is a lot of fun. Getting to use these skills that I love, these passions that I have and just bring them into something new that I've never done professionally, but it's a lot of fun. It just makes mm -hmm. it a blast. Wow, dude. That's that's a really good angle, especially because you're creating connections as a big company with the developers, which which play a huge role in how the software and the hardware meld together and, and you know being deployed because Cisco has certification, they have so many different they have the you know the the network professional program. And I remember back in the nineties, I was like I, I want to go into networking because it was it was so hot back then, right? It was right. it was like everybody's you got to have networking to be able to get to the internet. And I remember playing like when I got my very first. So I didn't really grow up in the U.S., but when I came to the U.S. in the ninety in the ninety five, I got my first computer, and after a few years, I was online, you know, America Online, but. In our area, they have fiber, but oh, only wow. to download. To upload, you still need to dial up. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. So You're bringing I had, back memories. I had that one. I was like, whoa, I'm getting fast downloads. But before that even, um, I set up this computer in our garage. We had two telephone lines coming in, and then I would log on to it. I, I don't remember how it connected to the, that computer, but there was a software that would combine the two phone line connections together at 56 baht or 128. I don't remember what the speed. I think it was 56.6. And it was like, oh, we have 128 kilobits. You know, you don't have to pay the T1 line price. <laughs> oh, I, re I remember. Pricing. I remember when a buddy of mine, I think it was probably in 90, it was in a, 94, I was a freshman in high school, and I had a Pentium. My dad, my dad finally got me a computer. Yeah, Pentium one sixty six with MMX, uh, bought from his local shop, and that we had to, we time. had dial up. And I got my next door neighbor gave me a modem that upgraded me from thirty six hundred to fourteen four. And I was like, oh my god, my brain just about so exploded. Fast. I'm like, it's so fast, it's so fast. <laughs> and he's like, well, he's like, I'm kicking you down the fourteen four because I just got the fifty six k. I'm like, that's a thing. <laughs> I remember that that was a yeah. Oh my I would, gosh! I would look. I would look at the the circulars, and I'd be like, okay, fifty six k by US Robotics is, was the best one, right? <laughs> like you want to get the US Robotics, not these cheapos, because you know that was it was it's just so funny. <laughs> the, the the things we had to deal with back then. <laughs> oh my god! You know, I was reading an article, uh, or I was I was scrolling through Reddit, and they're talking about how back in the days you would really have to be motivated to get online. Yes. Okay. Not anybody could just jump online. You would have to have access to internet, an extra phone line, a computer to be able to jump online. And then you could make all these, you know, so, so where did the trolls come from? And you had to have a reason. Like you didn't you just, had to have, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. It was a very intentional, all the things you laid out and the additional intention of, I'm going to be online. I'm not just going to surf the web. Like the, right. surfing the web wasn't even a thing we said in that no, point because no. there wasn't a web in the way people think about it now. You had to be going on to go do a thing. Like it wasn't, exactly. I may be gaming or I'm looking for pictures or yeah. I'm going to a website to get dictionary information. But it wasn't, there was no like just proliferated web that you just surfed. And then, I mean, when yeah. that became a thing, then surfing the web was a thing for a while. Like, yeah. What does that mean? I'm like, well, you just got it. And now there's websites. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, I'm just going to go see what the, you're basically like just trying to see what exists out there that you can go look at. Yeah. Like yeah. that was a thing for a while because it was, it was such a brand new concept for everyone who grew up at that time period. I remember there was, used to be a plugin for Internet Explorer or something that would ra give you, that would basically randomly throw you to a different website. And you oh, could do you remember, that. do you remember when Google first came out and they had uh -huh. the, I'm feeling lucky button. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would type something in, and first off, when my neighbor or friend of mine said to me, uh, "I'm using this search engine called Google," I'm like, "That is the dumbest name I've ever heard. Why are you using that?" I'm like Google. He's like, "It's so much faster." I'm like, "Uh huh, sure, buddy." Uh, sure. He shows me the first page. It looks all silly. I'm like, "What?" Is of course, shortly after, I'm like, "Okay, that's what I'm using now." Yeah. But the, I'm feeling lucky, and you type something in, and like, I don't know. We'll see what's your where it's going to take you. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Oh my God, that was that that brings back so many memories. So thank you so much for walking us through where your journey started. You know, being a network engineer, where you're going, and where you're heading now. Mm -hmm. So, what keeps you motivated? And, and we talked about in the back in the green room, Star Wars, and and your your love for uh, the storytelling side Star Wars. And then we're, we're talking about the the Lego sets that we have, and how fun it is to do the build process. What drives me, well, I'll tell you the story. I, I have always been a pretty self-conscious person. Even in high school, I really had a hard time. I always felt like I had to fit in. I never felt like I belonged to anything. And as Brene Brown would probably say, you know, fitting in is feeling, is putting on a uniform so you can be part of somebody else's group. Belonging is feeling like you can just go to the dance and dance by yourself in the corner. Everything was good. Something to that effect. I never felt that way ever. I'm in my early 40s now, but it took me through my 20s and 30s to finally start to like accept the person I am. And the reason I tell that or I say that is because the thing that really drives me for anything that I do now, um, but specifically content creation and the work that I do in my professional life is all about how can I help other people as a people leader? How can I help other people bring, realize and be able to say out loud what their passions are, what their, what excites them? And then find ways to bring those into what they do for work and personal life. Because to say that I would bring my passion for Star Wars into work would feel a little odd to say that. And it would be true, like trying to do a professional video for Cisco and bring in Star Wars. And of course, that wouldn't make sense. But it's not Star Wars per se. It's my passion for the storytelling and the content, how that yeah. resonates with human beings and things like that. I want to help people find those things and bring them with them. That's what really drives me every day. So it actually has made when I pivoted about a year and a half ago into the role that I'm in now, I lead a team of people that I that do a job that I have never done professionally. It was really, really scary for me. It still kind of is every day because they know things that I just don't know. I've never done that work. But what I bring is helping them see how they can frame their passions outside of work, the other things that they're really excited about. They can actually help influence positively the work that they do every day that you just don't typically think about. Most people don't spend time thinking about and it's hard because there's a level of acceptance for who you are as a human being and your own, you know, mental health, your own physical health that all come that play into how you're going to show up at work and do the things you want to do every day. People shouldn't be able to enjoy that. Should be able to have a really good time with those things. Yeah. But if you can't accept who you are, it's really hard to do that. We all kind of feel like at work. Got to put the uniform on, the the, the proverbial collared shirt and the butt, you know, the tie. It's not real for every industry, but you can abstract that to any uniform you'd have to wear, which yeah. is just a mask for the person you are. That's what I try to spend a lot of my time. It really is what motivates me to get up every day and, and talk to people and work with people and, you know, hopefully be a good leader for the team that I have. 
No, I, I really love that answer because the more we realize of who we actually are, right? And it takes, for some of us, takes a long time, right? It took me till I was for, in my 40s to, to realize, okay, who who am I, you know? When I turned 42, I was like, oh my God, this is the answer. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This is the answer, right? 42. 42 right? <laughs> now, what's the question? So I'm still searching for the question, but I know what the answer is, right? <laughs> exactly. And lucky for me, I took the took the journey of being a podcaster, being a beekeeper, being a dad, being a cyclist. All of these journeys that I've taken have taught me something very important, which is the question is, who do you want to be? Who do you want to serve? And how do you bring that to your community? I love everything you just said. I, in the last year, I've really made a concerted effort to try to find hobbies because I never thought that I had hobbies. I, I just never have felt like for years now, I don't have a thing I'm interested in. Um, I was into a home brewing for a long time and beer blogging. Actually, when you and I met my whole, the whole sleeve tattoo that's on my left arm, it's all a tribute to brewing beer. But I also realized that there's a there's a negative health aspect that comes along with that. It's to say it nicely. Um, and so I wanted to find other things to do, like you mentioned. Um, I've gotten into woodworking a lot in the last six months. I built some shelves and things like that for my house. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, back into reading more. I've been on TikTok a lot more, creating videos. But all these things, to your point, like um, baking. I love baking. I bake sourdough bread every single week and started during the pandemic doing that. But I still do it because it makes me feel really good. Like I get yeah. to make something with my hands. Mm -hmm. And a point you just brought up, what I really loved is we learn something about ourselves through doing these things. Whether that hobby is long lasting or ephemeral kind of doesn't matter. By kind of, I mean, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're learning something about yourself that you can take with you into stuff that you do, human interactions you have, your work, whatever they are, you learn something and not just about yourself, but about how other people respond to that thing that you do. And it, it really helps how you, how you be, have better relationships with people, which translates to, to type, whatever type of work that you actually do. So I, I'm trying out new things all the time. I actually just started doing drawing. I don't have, actually I have it here in my shed. Um, I have a pad of paper I bought and this like, this like paintbrush pin thing that somebody suggested. And I just draw, nice. I am not good at it at all, <laughs> but every night we do like wind down time with my son and I find myself just drawing for a bit. And oh, he is man, like staring so cool. at like, daddy, what are you drawing? Like, I have no idea, I have but no idea what I'm it's like a meditation and it it's like, wow, okay. I, I don't think I'm very good at what I draw, mm -hmm. the output that I have, but I realized that if I just, it taught me something about myself. If I can just sit for a few minutes and do one thing only, my brain calms down. Wow. Okay. How do I, how do I use that knowledge to do other things in my life? You know? What a concept, right? What a concept. And like you said, you know, you, you mentioned, I'm not very good at it. Well, kids when they're born they're never they're not very good at walking either <laughs> fair enough very true <laughs> right? it's all a practice it's you, all a practice it's all a practice it's all you know you're gonna make mistakes and um malcolm gladwell says that the only way you get a good book out of you is once you've gone through all the bad books yes people say i want to re i want to write a really good book and I was going to be a New York bestseller. And then Malcolm's like, so where are your bad books? Or is it Seth Godin? I can't remember. It's one of one of these gentlemen. Like you got to go through that those bad books. You got to get through the bad videos. You got to get through the bad, you know, bad uh, exercise to get to the good. And I, 
I'm fairly certain it was, I'm pretty sure you're right on that it was Gladwell. I think I've heard him say this actually in a similar, like in the same breath, I think he even talked a bit about um, whichever uh, tipping point where he talks about the 10,000 hours thing. And he even says very bluntly, he goes, I really wish I could go back and rewrite that. And he goes and ditch that because I don't know. He, he, I've heard him say, I don't know what I was thinking. Like 10,000 hours is a joke. Like you're never like, it is, yeah. there is no end to being good at something. You're mm-hmm. always trying to be better at something. There's no set time period. Yeah. It's, I, I remember that actually you reminded me of, um, I was watching Neil Gaiman's masterclass a while back when I was really trying to consume those as well. Mm-hmm. And from an author perspective, he talks about the, um, to your point, the, the books that don't succeed or the stories that don't work, he calls it a compost pile where you just write these things out, but you just, they're not for anyone other than you. And they don't have to ever go anywhere other than on this right. compost pile that you might tap back into later. They're like, oh, that, that one idea that I had, or this thing that I tried that didn't feel right at the time, but a piece of that might work for this next thing that I'm doing, but you've got to have that for yourself. And it's not for yeah. anybody other than you. And it doesn't have to just be for authors. It's like, exactly. Could just be stuff you tried. I I really like the idea of it being a compost pile because we have a compost bin and then we're like, oh, my wife is actually telling me that, you know, I don't feel so bad anymore for leftover food or leftover, you know, fruits and whatnot because we're composting it. We're reusing it when it breaks down. You know, we could could use it in the garden. I'm like, you you know, aren't you aren't you happy that I... (laughs) Got some Wait, are you saying dinner? the dish I made wasn't good? <laughs> I thought dinner was great, babe. <laughs> I, you know, you're you're well, so right though. Like it's mm-hmm. the 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 the, the term. I didn't think about it until now. It's one one thing or several things becoming something else. Like it's not it's not bad. It's these things. Some things go into the pile that didn't really work or are leftovers or whatever. They just go there. And what comes out the other side is something different, something transformed. That's the purpose of the, that's the purpose of composting is to create something usable that comes out the other side of that, that looks very different than whatever went in, but that doesn't matter. It, what matters is you put something in and something else came out when you needed it. And you know what, you know, when um, Gary V C Gary V says, eat shit all day. I know this is, <laughs> A not this is a clean po- podcast, but he said eat shit all day, and it it totally makes sense if you look at the compost perspective, because once you put all these scraps, there's bugs, there's all sorts of smells coming out of that, because that's the process that it takes. You have to go through that process to come out the other end. Okay, this is usable. This is really good material that I can use to grow. A plant, grow tree, mm-hmm. grow fruits, grow all sorts of things out of it. Yeah, and, and to your kind of bringing this to the, the passion thing uh, and or the hobbies and stuff that you mentioned as an example earlier, the way that you get there is by trying stuff. Like, like how do I know if I'm going to like it? I don't know. Give it a shot. And if you don't like it, well, then you just don't like it, but at least you give it a shot. It could be anything, really. Like, I picked up woodworking primarily because I already had a bunch of tools, like more like construction sort of tools to like yeah. the shed that I'm in. I, I, I constructed this myself. Nice. I, I bought, I mean, I bought a kit, but I assembled it myself. Sure. But over the years when I was a kid, my dad gave me like an old saw or what have you. So I had things. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I already have this stuff. Why don't I try to use it and see if I can do something with it? But there's been other hobbies I've tried where I'm like, ah, eh, that did. Yeah. I tried it and it just wasn't, it was okay, but it just, it the, the TDM or whatever didn't bring any satisfaction, but yeah. I learned something from that. It's not a negative. I that sort of activity is just doesn't work for me. Well, that's a good thing to know. Okay. Exactly. What's the, what's the next thing I can try that I might actually like? 
No, I, I totally love that. And I'm always looking at, okay, um, we had some springs replaced in our garage. Now I got these extra springs. I'm like, what can I use these springs for? <laughs> like always, I'm always, I have all this cr scrap of stuff. I'm like, okay, what can I make from this? Hmm. So I keep thinking of different ways to use stuff that came out of like other parts or other pieces. And it's, it's, it's just interesting. It's just amazing. It really is. Yeah, I love the idea of that reusing or just, I don't want to say giving something new life, but like taking something that you have and realizing, oh, I could actually do something else with this. I hadn't thought about it that way before. Yeah. It's, um, I have Adam Grant's book up here on the shelf someplace, uh, Think Again. And in that, um, I listened to the audiobook and actually read the, the book to a, to a point, mm -hmm. but I realized very quickly the whole idea of rethinking things. Um, and this is a good, a good part of the conversation is, rethinking not not for the purpose not going into it for the purpose of changing your mind that's not the answer no. that you no. don't need to change anything about your viewpoint but rethinking something and it could be as simple as well i have this thing that i bought this piece of wood or this spring or whatever in my house it was for this purpose but i'm gonna put it aside for a while and come back to it and later on oh that could actually be a really good you rethinking the the reason for having a thing or using a thing or doing a hobby it's nice to periodically go back and look at these things that you have a closely held belief on or made a decision about it at some point and go, huh, why did I do it that way? What would happen if I did it differently? You don't have to do it, even pursue that, but just giving yourself the chance to think about that a little bit differently than you have in the past can open your eyes in a lot of cases or open your mind in a lot of cases to kind of get out of that grow that fixed mindset about one particular thing and move on to a more growth style where you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe I could try this. Maybe I could actually be successful and insert thing here, whatever it happens to be. No man, that's so right. Uh, hold on one sec. I I have uh, somebody breaking my door down. So let me go check who it is. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the episode. We've been listening to Hacks and Hobbies podcast. We're talking with Jeff Bull, and we're having such an amazing conversation, not just about hobbies, but also about the mindset and anything that you do is not wasted because you come out on the other end as a grown person, as somebody that can util reutilize those techniques and those knowledge in new projects. And you know, they say that an overnight success takes about 10 years. <laughs> That's so true. Just 10 really years, is. you know. Yeah, you'll be an overnight success, but just gonna take a lot of time. What's cool is that we've, I've been doing this podcast for, for almost four years. In fact, it was sometime in April 2018 is when I started a podcast. I just jumped in my car, started recording the podcast on my phone, no less, because I was I was collecting I was collecting the concepts and ideas from around me, and essentially composting all of those layers of knowledge together. And then Gary Vee's like, dude, just document this stuff. Just go out and record something. And Anchor app was, was just the thing that I needed. I just sat in my car, put my headset on, started talking. I didn't even know what the podcast was going to be called, what it was going to be called because I would be, I would be uh, told by my colleagues, Hey, what's your new hobby this week? Like, okay. So anyhow, back to Jeff Bolt. So 
We talked about your journey. We talked about your motivations. And you do a lot of amazing things. You're working with a lot of content creators. What can somebody looking into getting in this space take away or, you know, give us give us some pointers that the audience can take away with them right now and get started, you know, like an actionable, I don't even know how to lay it out, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the first, I, I will say this to start with, I'm not a big fan of giving advice. Um, I will happily share my experiences and things that I've gone through. Um, I, I don't like to use the word advice because at least for me, it sort of implies that I know more than someone else. Right. And you and I probably can both agree on this. Like we don't. We don't know anything. <laughs> we, no, we we have done these. Like you mm-hmm. said, you've done a podcast now for four years. I did a, a show on YouTube on my own channel called At Home that was all about the pandemic and things. Um, but just because I did it a whole bunch doesn't mean I now somehow magically agreed at this. I just, mm-hmm. I just did after a while. Um, yeah. I just made, just made the content. And I think the thing that I would, the main thing I would share with anybody who wants to create any sort of content, but they're just nervous because oh, who's going to want to listen to me. That's the most, that's the most common one. Who's going to, who would, who would care that I have something to say about mm-hmm. this? Like we all, I still feel that on a daily basis when I'm, yes. I'm in TikTok. I'm heavy into TikTok. We're making Star Wars content. And I still like, why would anybody want to watch my videos? <laughs> my wife could tell you every day. I, she's like, just go make three videos. Stop thinking about it and just make yeah. it. And that's, it sounds easy to say. But the thing I would probably tell everyone is through experience. And by experience, I mean, I have had experiences. I have experienced things. It's not a lot of experience. It's just, I've experienced a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't phase me as much now as it did before. But you said it, you have to just, you have a number of ideas in your head. You're a creator or you want to be, and you got a bunch of ideas in your head, whatever they are, write them all down. And almost at random, if you need to just pick one, it doesn't matter which one. It really, really doesn't matter which one you just need to pick one. They should just be ideas that you are interested in and do something with it. It could be as simple as a, you know, recording a 10 second video it could be pulling up the dictation app, some notes app on your phone and dictating while you talk to your phone for a couple of moments and just kind of like verbally, so it's a family show, but like verbally vomit into your phone for a couple of minutes and just whatever's in your head, just <laughs> let it come out and see what mm-hmm. happens. Like see what shows up, whatever it happens to be. It's okay. All of those are starting points for something that you want to do next. And the big thing from there is you are going to be nervous and you are or really, you're going to be stressed out, super stressed out. And I think the thing I would tell everyone is like, you're gonna be stressed because who cares? Why would I do this? Am I wasting my time? I sound terrible on cam- on video, on, on my on my microphone. I look terrible on camera. Like all these things that are gonna go through your head. The thing I would tell anybody is, yes, you are going to feel all of those things. Mm-hmm. Every one of us still do. It is not something to have to stress about or be nervous about or worried about. Worried about is probably the word. It is not something to be worried about that you're going through all of those feels. Every single person you see on camera goes through those every time. The only difference is when you have been creating content for some period of time, a year, six months, two years, 10 years, you have had experiences doing it. So it, the worry becomes less because you've gone through it. You, you can look back and, no, no, I remember how I felt on that day, yeah. and this is how I got through it. I'm not, I'm not going to stress about it too much. But the only way you the, – literally the only way you get there is by doing this a bunch of the times. I yes, am sir. always nervous. It takes me 30 tries to do one TikTok video and they're, you know, 15, 20 seconds long, but I'm not so stressed out about that anymore because I've done it a whole bunch of times now. So for me, it's always, you're going to feel stressed. You're going to be nervous. And you're going to feel worried. 
but don't let the fact that you're going through all those feelings worry you or bother you. That is, that is literally the process. Everybody yeah. still goes through it. Everybody. Absolutely. 100%. <clears throat> and the more, do, like, uh, a lovely example that I'd like to give. I was uh, at a running sh running store the other day because my, my podiatrist like, hey, you need, you need better shoes because your feet are, you know, this, that's why your feet are hurting because you're wearing shoes too tight. So I go to the store. Uh, I got measured. But then I see these set of shoes for $250. I'm like, holy smokes. And so I, I asked the guy, like, what's this shoe for? It's like, well, people who run marathons, people who run, you know, 100-meter races, they wear these shoes. I'm like, oh, why? Because they're super light. So I'm like, you so I brought it around and I was like, okay, so anybody can go spend $250 and buy these nice shoes. But does that mean that they can do a Usain Bolt run the next day? No way. No way. You got to put in the reps. You got to put in the practice. You got to get your body acclimated to running, to doing that activity to prep the muscle and that's all it takes to I, go up to the first floor of my house. I got to go through the first, second, third, fourth step. You got to go absolutely. through that. You got to go through that little, little bit of struggle mm -hmm. to get there. I, I, something else you actually just reminded me of that. I, I've thought about many times when I've gone through these processes, but you just touched on it is you have to get yourself to the place that these tools, like the shoes, we'll use the metaphor of the shoes, mm -hmm. make sense. Because the shoes, to your point, who would buy a $250 pair of shoes day one to go running? You wouldn't. Because mm -hmm. why? That would be cuckoo bananas. Why would you do that? Um, the person who buys those buys them because they solve a problem for them. But the only reason they know they have a problem is because they've been doing this thing, whatever the activity, in this case running, but it could be anything. They've yeah. been doing this activity for some period of time to realize here are the problems that I have now. Yeah. That weren't the problem you everyone listening, the problem you probably have to have, like, well, I want to create some content. The problem you have is just creating that first piece of content. Yes. That's the problem to solve for. Solving the problem of like, well, I've got this cool mic or this piece of software. Yeah, those can be problems for you at some point, mm -hmm. but that's not those are 10 steps down the line. You solve that yeah. problem when you get there, and then you decide whether that tool makes sense for you to for the problem you have to solve. Right now, it's just creating something for yourself to yeah. show yourself that you can do it. And the best way to do this, pick up your phone. Like just pick up the you, phone. You pick up the phone. Your it has great audio capture. Any phone, great audio capture, amazing video these days. You can make anything, and it'll look beautiful just right off the bat. Some audio, whatever it happens to be, you just you just need to make something. Mm -hmm. It's all about those little tiny steps. What is the very first thing you can do? First thing I do is I can pick this phone up. Then the next thing I can do is unlock the phone. Then the third thing I can do is open the audio recorder. Those are all the little tiny steps that get you yeah. to the place that you want to be. It's not, I now I'm going to make content. That's 20 different steps. What's the very first one you can take? And don't yeah. worry about the tools along the way. You have a tool in your phone, in your hand right now, that will do almost everything you possibly could need it to do. Yeah. The rest of this that you and I have, this one, we're geeks about it. So we just did it because we're geeks. Exactly. But also because- we got down that path and we found there were certain problems we wanted to personally solve for, but that is our journey. That's not your journey. That's right. And, you know, I, I really like what you said, you know, I want to create a content is 20 steps. It's a 20 step book, right? 
uh, when you pick up an IKEA book or IKEA furniture, they show they show you in the front of the book like, hey, if you want to make this, you got to go through these steps. But what I really like is that joke about what's the first thing that you do when you wake up? Like, oh, I I go, I go to the bathroom, wash your like, no, 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 you don't do any of that. You open your eyes. <laughs> yes. Please open your eyes, so then you can wake up. It's a re. It, these little things are reframing of what's in front of us, yeah. but it helps. It really does help because you start to realize each of those little steps is a tiny step, but we don't think about them. We tend to think about, well, the first step is recording a podcast. No, it's not. not even, <laughs> I mean, that's the end result. That's the, the end result, yeah. It's what people would call prep work. I don't even like to use that term anymore. It's the work. The work is all the other little things that go up to yeah. the conclusion was I have a piece, I have an MP4 file or an MP3 file that is audio. Yeah, but that's the end result. Mm -hmm. It's all these little things you do between now and that point that is the actual important stuff. The end result of that file is like, yeah, that's just the marker for you that you completed the 30 other things or 20 other things between the beginning and that point. Absolutely. That's just an earmark like, oh, I can check the box because I have this. This was the output when I was done. Man, I love that. And it reminds me of the first Iron Man movie and how he's in the cave. And he's like, okay, I need to get out of here. <laughs> what do I do? Well, he had years and years of knowledge that he could put together a suit and he, he, to then get out of there, right? And then all that tinkering that he did for the next version or Mark II, which becomes more machine, so he puts the heaviest duty metal in there. He's like, okay, I know what's going to go in there, but how do I tweak and how do I put these things together? So having that, like having the Iron Man suit is an awesome experience to have, number one. And in 2013, we're like, okay, we want to, we want to build some of these Iron Man suits. Well, how do we do it? Well, first you need to um, have the plans for the suit and then you need to go do the work. And they're like, wait, what about 3D printing? And 3D printers was weren't as, you know, prevalent back in 2013, almost 10 years ago. Gosh. Um, so we ba started backing them on Kickstarter, and of course they wouldn't show up for another six, seven months, and, and then the crate the the craze is already gone off your head. But I saw there's, and you've probably seen these people on on Instagram and and TikTok where they built entire suits using mm -hmm. their 3D printers. And they look sick. And people are like, whoa, where'd you get that from? Like, well, I spent six six months to a year printing these parts, perfecting and going through that work to actually build the suit out. Yep. So what are we saying here, guys? What Jeff and I are saying is that you got to do the boring work. You got to do the little bit of steps to get to that next level. And guess what? Here's the beautiful part about this community, about the community that we belong to, about the people that we hang out with, is that there's a ton of support. There's a ton of engagement. There's a ton of encouragement. As soon as you step your first, decide and you, you take that first step and tell people like, hey, I'm looking for these kind of folks you're going to find you in your corner people that are going to be like, oh, hey, we're here to support you because we know how hard it is and we know how gratifying it is when you go through that journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 
you will find very quickly when you when you do let yourself open up a little bit, and that's scary, yeah. but when you do, you find your people. People, and you realize how many of the people that are in that community who are in the literally the exact same place you're in, feeling the exact same way you are, mm-hmm. and they're just as nervous about saying it out loud too. And then you connect with them, you're like, oh my gosh, we're okay. Oh, can I take that breath? You're like, all right, I can say these things. That person's feeling because they echo it. They're like, oh my God, I had that exact same question too. And then someone who has a little bit more experience is like, well, I can help answer part of that. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a it becomes a waterfall effect. People sorry, snowball. It becomes a snowball. Snowball. Yeah. Just, and what you start to realize is after a few months or whatever time period that you look back and there's somebody now coming in the community at the same place you were at when you started, but you have a little bit more experience now. There's always somebody further along in that snowball process. Yeah. You just you have to start one place. And once you start there, it you start to gain those little experiences. And you're everybody is always at some place in that spectrum of that snowball effect. Yeah. It never ends. The the road never the, the building of the snowball never ends. You're always adding more. You're just further and further along the process relative to the person behind you or in front of you. Yep. It's almost like you're going down the freeway and you're gonna warn people, hey, there's an accident up here, make sure that you, you know, take care of that. And then with apps like Waze, you can, you know, drop it in, drop it on like, hey, there's an accident, traffic's mm-hmm. slowing down. So as content creators, as YouTubers, as podcasters, we're on the freeway of the podcast. So some people are further along, some people are further behind. But then what's beautiful is you can turn left or right and find your people and you know exactly which exit to take to get to the next level of live streaming or next level or YouTubing or it's it's just amazing mm-hmm. to be part of that community. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Jeff, it's been so much fun talking with you. We've got some few a few questions for you to quickly answer. I know I've you know I've been trying to see if I can if I should ask these questions in the beginning, but a little lightning round. Okay, I haven't I like been it. I haven't been I haven't come around yet to that. But let's do that. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? Playing Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh, that's such a cool. I've never played. Always wanted to, but I've never played. I was talking to somebody, and they really like to direct the conversation. And I'm like, dude, you should be playing Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, because that's exactly you. You're you're telling the story, and everybody's just experiencing it through their gameplay. Nice. What did you want? To, what did you want to be when you were a child? Archaeologist. Ooh, Mister. Um, Mister. My calling. <laughs> I took a slightly different path. <laughs> well, are you doing networking all yet? Uh, archaeology? I don't know. Network related? Uh, maybe. maybe. There's some ideas in there. Apparently, I wanted to be an archaeologist, and I wanted to have drive a Lamborghini when I was a kid. And my parents took me to a museum, and the, the archaeologist there was like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> like, that does, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's not right. Um, nice. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Oh, my gosh. How long do you have? Um, <laughs> See, I'm going to go. It. I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to make it easy because we could be here all day. But I will mm-hmm. say right now, my favorite Star Wars movie, because I do spend a lot of time in Star Wars land. Uh, my favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One because it's an extremely human story. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Jedi, but they're, the space wizard kind of concept is not in that movie at all. Yeah. It's 100% about individual human beings and how they're interacting with each other. It's a very dark and like gritty show, mm-hmm. not dark in the scary sense, but yeah. like it's a very real movie when you watch it. And it, it touches on 
a lot of feelings and emotions we all have on a regular basis. Like absolutely hands down my favorite series would definitely be, um, actually I was watching it last night. It's on Netflix. It's called abstract. It's a little series, two seasons, mini documentaries. Okay. Every time I watch these different people who have different roles in the world and do different things, I learn something so completely different about myself and how I could view the world. Um, so if you haven't watched it, it's called abstract on Netflix. It's absolutely amazing. All right. That's, that's the next one on the list. I just, um, <clears throat> I've paused my viewing of Ozark right now because I caught up from, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> binge watching the first three seasons. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna I'm just gonna pause because this is too good. And I, yeah. I I just saw Better Better Call Saul is up there, so I not can't remember where I left off on that one. So we'll see if the new stuff is there. Uh what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Oh, I mean, it would be a Star Wars movie, 100%. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully an upcoming movie with Bryce, where Bryce Dallas Howard directs it. I don't know. That would be All amazing because right. she's such an amazing storyteller. I would she love to, to give her a movie or a series. I would love to be even just a set actor for a few minutes. That would be, <laughs> that would be so cool. Well, um, make sure you sign up for Backstage.com because that's how you get in front of the movie screen. Backstage.com enables Writing you that to, down right now. Yeah, backstage.com enables you to um, see what movies are, or TV shows are being shot near you, and you can literally um, sign up. And like, hey, I wanna, I wanna play a role, and then from there, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ones. But that was my first one that my friend told me about, because he moved to New York, and he's like, dude, you gotta get backstage.com. It's so cool. And uh, he ended up being on some TV shows and, you know, doing like a short film. And I got to be in uh, season two, episode one, or FBI, the TV show. Really? I have like a that's wild two second spot where not a spot, but it's like I'm in the crowd and you could you could like totally point out who that who, where I am. Okay, I am <laughs> totally going there after we're done today. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Who is your favorite superhero? Oh my gosh. Captain Marvel. Oh. I love she, Captain Marvel. She she's is, funny she's, and snarky and intelligent. Her power she has great powers, but she's oh. always trying to find ways to use them for other people and to help other people. She's very empathetic and she's always sort of in her head overthinking things, which mm-hmm. is exactly how I am. I, I love her. I absolutely adore her character. Uh, she she's done an amazing job and and apparently it was a it was the male hero in in the Marvel comic books. I guess I'm not sure. There, there's like some Marvel. This, yes, Marvel was. I I've never read her comics, but I've read a little bit about the stories. There's okay. a character called Marvel that I think she gets her powers from something like that. I think, yeah, I think maybe they had Marvel as the older character in the first movie. So he was. They changed. If I remember correctly, it's something to the effect of they changed his character's backstory and who he is for the movie. In the books, he is in the comics, he's one particular character. That's I Got think it. how she gets her powers. In the movie, they made his character a Cree. Oh, okay. And they made him a, a, a part of the Cree, Marvel, and he's like her mentor slash commanding officer. Got Turns it. out to be not a good guy, not a good character by the end. Yeah. But it's a slightly different I mean, I think it kind of accomplishes the same thing for her story, but I think it's a it's a, a change on what the character's profile is for the movie than what the comic books originally had. Got as it. I understand it. 
Nice. I like that. I like that. I love when we go back into the archives of our brains and like, oh, connecting the dots, right? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I started watching um, Game of Thrones, I caught on later. My wife was watched the show and I was like, what is this show? It's weird. And then my, my buddy was like, no, 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 you really need to watch this show. So I caught up to her. And then I did one step more. I went to YouTube and I found Comic Book Girl 19. And she had the whole lowdown because she read all the books. She saw all the oh, shows. Wow. And she's like, okay, this is what's going down. This is what's happening. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, and I'm telling my wife all these details. She's like, I don't care. I just watched the show. <laughs> That sounds like the conversations my wife and I have about Star Wars. Really, it's me just talking to her. She's like, I seriously don't care anymore. <laughs> and that's why I have a live stream every week. So my buddy and I can, there's my there outlet go. for Star Wars. <laughs> there you go. I need to come on. I, I don't know. If, do, do you bring guests on? Oh, I'd absolutely. Love to. Oh, you're okay. welcome to. We love having guests on the show. It's so All much fun. Sweet. Sweet. I can't wait. Absolutely. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? That's a really good question. I have no idea. Board game, what would I be? Um, now I'm trying to think of board. Let's say mousetrap. I pressed trap. the wrong button. <laughs> it's okay. Let's say mousetrap. I'm going to say mousetrap because mouse it trap. feels like it's so chaotic and all over the place, but there is still a process and there's still a method and there's still an end result that's kind of like a metaphor for how my brain works on a regular basis. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty telling thing about who I am. <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna have to uh, check out the Mousetrap board game. That sounds pretty, sounds pretty fun. Uh, I was wondering if there is a board game for Star Wars. Uh, yes, there's actually there's a it's been several of them over the years. I'm okay. blanking on their names, but there's also a tabletop role playing game. So like okay. a D and D style thing, but for yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, there's been one of those for a long time as well. Nice. I've never played it, but I know it's out there. I see they have uh, Star Wars Imperial Assault Board, Rebellion, and Legion Core. Those are the three yeah. ones that showed up. Dude, this they is do, uh, They do merchandising pretty good. They really do. No, they do. And and what's funny is that um, there's 3,000 new board games every day. Sorry, every month, I think. Just like there's new books really? coming out every month. There's That's new wild. board games coming out every month. Yeah. Wild. That's so cool. I love it. I love to see all that new type of content. Actually, there's a creator on TikTok I follow who creates um, board games. Um, and I love following her because she always shows these things. I'm like, what is this that you're making? I want to get this just because yeah. it seems so strange and interesting. Mm -hmm. and I, I love that. No, it's pretty fascinating. Jeff, it was a ton of fun talking with you. Um, going down memory lane of hardware, software, um, growing as creators growing as human beings and, and, and as uh, parents and whatnot, you know, it's, it's, it's hobbyists. It was, is really good. And, and the, the conversation was just amazing. We can go on probably for another hour. Probably, <laughs> but <laughs> I you. think we might have to do another episode for that one. Thank you so much again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. 
please send me an email at junaid at hacksandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.